Welcome to the Best Friends Fancast, an Allison Rosen fan podcast. I am one year host, Lisa Lowry, but I would also like to welcome our other host, Rafael Marquez Cas. <laughs> Dang it! I was gonna <laughs> fuck with you, Rafi, backfired. <laughs> and Rafi. <laughs> Hello, Rafi. <laughs> AKA Ultra Fan Rafael. So we Just have. <laughs> Totally. It's already gotten off to a horrible start. All right, so we have Ultra Fan on in one corner. In the other corner, we have Super Fan Megan. Welcome, Super Fan Megan. Hello, my little fuck. Oh, boy. What did I call Quarter. <laughs> Hello, my little quarter. Roll of quarters. Never mind. Forget it. I have a roll of quarters, and there's about a quarter of the way left of the roll, and I was going to say... This is what I was going to say, Rafi, do your editing stuff. Hello, my little Chloe's, who are my dog, and easier to say, and are laying here. How are you? So nice to have you. The other voice you hear is not the voice in Megan's head. You're actually hearing it as well. Welcome, Britt. I don't think I know your full name, but I just... uh, I've heard you called Britt, so I'm guessing I can be on a familiar basis with you. You can. You can be on Brit basis. Uh, I'm Britt Custero. I will not quantify my fandom at this time, but I'm very, very glad to be here and uh, excited to see where this evening leads us. Ooh, unquantified fan. I like that. I don't even know if that's a word, but let's use it for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So first we will talk about the Monday episode with Dustin Marshall, and then we will talk about Thursday's episode, Allison's door weirdness, Jordan Morris's hand cramps, butt lizards and that'll be a lot of fun but first let's talk let's do some shout outs little Rafi, you have any shout outs? boy do i Ooh, sit back uh, i would <laughs> i would like to send a shout out to rachel shout out to whitney neal happy belated birthday shout out to uh leanne shout out to Britt, who i got to see live at the denver bike cafe performing her lovely musical stylings and her albums are available on itunes and spotify and whatnot and they are delightful and i think that's <laughs> the end of my shout outs i was gonna shout out megan but she sent me a skype message that just said fuck you so no <laughs> shout out to megan there thank you for my shout out megan do you have any shout outs i do so number one to scott marquez Nice. Our biggest fan. Our our only he's been, fan. Our only <laughs> fan. He's the only listener of this podcast. Nice. He's been super supportive of... I've been seeing a lot of likes for my Brit-related uh, posts, which have been a, a handful far. So he's really into this. So I just want to be like, this is for you, Scotty. But also, I was thinking about it, how like last week you guys talked about Allison's thing at the Hollywood Improv, and I couldn't go because I was working. And then when I got to thinking about Scott, I got to thinking like, why aren't you there? Because he came to Jenna's show. So mm. Scott, why are you not representing? Maybe he but was also there to meet you. us. Maybe that's really what it was. He's our fan, you know. <laughs> he just came in to meet us at Jenna's show. Scott, where do you live and why don't you go to Allison's stuff? <laughs> and do you want to hang out? <laughs> More importantly. Is that the end of your shout Oh, and uh, no. Mm. Shout out to Amy Baker. <laughs> shout out to Amy Baker. And uh, Mal is your pal, who I know are verified Green Bay Packers fans. Today was the first preseason game. I watched the preseason games through NFL Game Pass, but not all of them are on there, so I'm not watching it. And it makes me very sad, but it just reminded me that there are Allison and Packer fans combined into one being and mal is your pal and amy baker are two of them and if i'm forgetting 
forgetting anyone. I'm sorry. That is something. I saw your tweet, your quandary about being a Californian and not watching the pregame show. And I have to say, I'm thankful you're here for this pregame show. But I pregame the preseason the game is what I'm saying. I almost drink a full bottle of champagne. So that's my pregame. But are you going to be yeah. watching anything while we're recording like you have in the past? Oh, for sure. If there's a Packer game. Yeah. But you okay. guys don't record on Sundays anymore. Back in the JMO Patrol days, oh, you guys would record right. your Packers games. But it's been like Thursdays with you guys forever. There's once in a while Thursday games. But I feel like work is going to overhaul that too. And I'll probably not be able to watch them. But yeah, I mean, no offense, but yes, I'll have to do double duty if I'm on this show and also the Packers are on. Yeah, the Packers are good at double duty. So, Britt, do you have any shout outs? I for sure do. I want to shout out to Marshall Linehan for creating dialectical behavioral therapy. Good on you, girl. And I would like to give a shout out my dad because he texted me five minutes before i got here panicking and what he texted me was so i think jesus of nazareth was actually more buddhist than christian what do you think these are the kinds of things that i get from my dad at random moments in my life and i adore them so he deserves a shout out and he feels like he can get an answer in a a text right i just said i'll call you tomorrow (laughs) and i ponder that one dad (laughs) <laughs> i have a theory about the most devout allison people that we all have terrible family lives or unfulfilling family lives and that's why we all found each other and made a community with oh, ourselves beautiful so because rafi both of y'all's story the ultra and the badass fan have pretty weak family not not with your family lisa but you know the people who raised you and shit right. um so brit has a healthy family and i hate it I'm very jealous. <laughs> we're okay. We work on our stuff. We work through our shit. But her dad bugs yeah, her and I says, I am so nice. jealous of people like that. When I walk through the card aisle at the grocery store and I see all these cards that people are obviously buying for each other, and I'm like, how do you... People have good fathers and have good sisters, and how do you purchase these? Someone's buying these cards? I get I get depressed going through the card aisle every single time. Oof, dark. I'm very lucky. That's really, really cool. I, and I'm trying to do that with my own family, but I'm sure I'm fucking everything up. But no, you're not. they're the most babies. You're Aww, doing good. Thank you. They're going to come out the other side. They're like, can you guys be a little more fucked up, please? No. We're just enough fucked up. I do have some shout outs. Number one, shout out to Allison's Lexapro because this. I notice that I'm laughing and smiling more. Like from the outside in, I know I appear happier. And I don't feel depressed, but I don't feel that much of a difference inside. And that's amazing. That makes me happy for her. For her to even say that, I'm like, yes. There's like a tiny break. Maybe she can feel like a normal, you know, what you're supposed to feel like. What I imagine you're supposed to feel like. (laughs) And my other shout out is to the listeners of last week's episode because I felt like I was phoning it in. I realize it was only an hour long and that's what I've been striving for is to not like talk so much about nothing, which I'm not slowing down now. But the fact that people listened and I felt like I I don't know, Rafi, I feel like you did fine. But I felt like afterwards, I'm like, I don't even know what I even said. I honestly coming off of the Twin Peaks Festival, I was in I was on such like cloud nine, but also withdrawal from it. And it just is exhausting to go through all these amazing things and then come home to like, uh. <laughs> and I just was not, I'm just now finally feeling like myself, but I haven't really shared a few of my 
I don't want to share all of my Twin Peaks experiences, but I do want to share some of my trip experiences because I feel like, especially on this episode with two ladies in the mix, that you will feel my pain. Number one, I shared that we got food poisoning the week before. So like right up into the point, I was like, (laughs) if anyone's eating, stop right now. I was peeing out of my butthole for like a whole day. (laughs) And I was scared that I was going to be that person. (laughs) This isn't the lady part, but I was scared I was going to be that person on the airplane running to the bathroom. I literally was in the restroom like the whole day before. Luckily, okay. So then I get on the plane and then this is a minor thing. I cut my finger opening champagne on the plane, but it was one of those cuts where like my hair would get caught in it all weekend. And I'm just like, motherfucker, (laughs) I can't take this. So then the first night I'm still kind of getting my insides back to feeling normal. So there was no hotel sex, which I'm a hundred percent like into hotel you know as soon as you get to the hotel it's like let's do it but i didn't the first night so then we get the second night and so we did end up having sex and like maybe moments later apparently (laughs) leanne these are the times i think of you i started my period early (laughs) and i didn't know so in this super fancy hotel it was a fucking murder scene oh my god it was so bad so bad and Rafi I'm sorry that you had to hear this this week but I spared you last week (laughs) no it's totally fine Uh, one thing I do want to say is I don't know what the cut was like but if it's like a like a little slice or whatever you can super glue it shut and then you're like it's a fucking lifesaver so super glue your cuts you know what I should have gotten that and when we got to the hotel I sent my husband out this this is this explains our relationship. Uh, I was complaining about this, and I really needed a band aid, but instead I just he had some neosporin, so I had that on my finger, and I was just holding it so it wouldn't get wiped off. He's like, "I'm gonna go get you some band aids." I'm like, "Oh yeah, would you get me some gum too?" Because he told me my breath was smelling early, so <laughs> I'm like, "Might as well get me some gum too," because apparently all the toxins are coming out and I stink. So he goes to the store, he gets the kind of wine he likes is the one kind of wine I don't like. He got a wine opener and he got a pack of gum that was apple flavored because he hates the mint kind. I'm like, you got, you got your, the kind, and he forgot the band-aids. <laughs> 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 um, cool. So, well, you have gum for the plane, I guess later. I'm not going to eat apple gum. That doesn't cure any bad breath. So anyway, that, that was the beginning. And then the whole, I was wearing, the robe that comes with the room and like we're trying it was like the super expensive hotel room so i go to take a shower and i look at my robe and i'm like holy shit they gave me a dirty robe <laughs> nope actually that's you lisa you just started your period <laughs> and so then i had to write a note to the housekeeping so i'm like i didn't want to tell my husband what had happened because you like to keep a little bit you know of the romance of the the imagination all the the, the gross stuff so then i just I wrote them a little note and whatever. And my husband ended up seeing it because he went to hang up the rope. I'm like, oh, don't do, don't touch that. And he thought I spilled wine. And until later when we were roaming the town and I was like, I didn't have anything with me. And I'm like looking for, I need to buy some tampons at this grocery store. He's like, oh, that wasn't wine. I'm like, oh my God. So anyways, that was the first half of my trip. And then the rest of it was amazing with all of the celebrities and all my sightings and everything. But I had to share all of the my hardships. So shout okay, out I have a to, question. to my trip. <laughs> yes. Did Has Daniel reached out about you being on his show yet? He has not. So do you read the tweets from him where he said he wanted me to do a report on it or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
In your mind, does that mean I should be on the show or I should write up something to send to him in an email? Because that's uh, what I was thought, thinking. Because they record via Skype, I was like, obviously, they're going to Skype you in and have a little Twin Peaks chat. That's why I haven't really shared a lot of my experiences yet because I'm hoping that that will happen. But I thought maybe I'll email him and say like, hey, I'd love to do that report. You want me to just write out the gist of the weekend and kind of give you some information and see what he says? Like, fill it out? Yeah, I think because he's, like, so busy and, like, you know, if you listen to the show, he's always saying how they're recording super late or really early. So I think it would be weird to have you call in at, you know, like, probably, like, 6 in the morning or whatever, but... Please, I'll... I'll drive down there if I need to, but yeah. Yeah, I think you should, like, DM him or something and try to work work it out so you guys can record something beforehand that he can edit I agree. Has he done any new Twin Peaks-related ones? I just finally subscribed. I I have not even caught up on the old ones anyway, but... Well, because I haven't seen the last two episodes of Twin Peaks, I'm saving the podcast Ah, to listen to it till after, but he does have uh, one... He's on episode 12 of uh, Twin Peaks. Okay, so there's a chance I could be on 13, which is good, because that's a good episode. I guess we should plug his show, The Watching Hour, which is really, really fun and interactive about TV shows. Right now he's talking about Twin Peaks and Game of Thrones, which I have not seen one episode of Game of Thrones, and I want to... Well, I wanted to watch to catch up to where he's at, but he's on season seven. So I thought, well, I don't know if that's feasible. (laughs) But the Twin Peaks ones, at least I can get on board with. And, uh, you know, I listen to maybe four other Twin Peaks podcasts as well, so... It's nice to have a, a well-rounded point of view. Uh, that's I, a bit much. It is. I, I know I wanted to try and keep it short as usual that I just like go on my period rant. But I had to share that because I'm like, good God, man. Like, how does this? Uh, I. It was early and it was just the worst possible. Because usually you can catch it. You know, you're just going to the bathroom. You're like, oh, I guess that happened now. Cool. Whatever. Or you kind of like know it's going to happen in the day or so. But this really surprised me. And it was a real surprise to... I left a $20 bill for the housekeeping. Is that nice? I put it I put it on top of the robe and left a note saying, sorry for my accident. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Did you really? Yeah, because I don't... Oh, have, I don't usually have them come in and change the bed. If you're going to be there for three nights, I just... I don't like them coming in and at all until we're gone but I'm like um, a little bit got in the bed and most of it was on the robe and I thought okay I just need to like have this taken care of professionally because um, wait what did the note say it said dear housekeeping (laughs) I'm sorry for my accident (laughs) on on the bed and on the robe (laughs) Oh, whoa. my accident! And then when did you your own accident? <laughs> and then when I left the room the next day, I usually a lady came and helped us because when we first got there, okay, here's another thing: my husband dropped a, a bottle of wine on the floor and shattered it everywhere. So it was like he's trying to clean up with a bath towel. I'm like, number one, we're gonna need that towel. Number two. There's glass involved. We need the professionals in here to clean this up. So this lady came in and she was so nice. And she came in and cleaned and she's like, oh, it's okay, sweethearts. She was just like a mom. She was so sweet. So I'm like, okay, this is probably the lady that's going to have to come in and deal with my accident. (laughs) And, (laughs) And then when the next day when I went out, there was like this 
emo teenager guy that was working. I'm like, please tell me that he's not the one well, that had to find my bloody bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. I usually have control of it is the thing. I, it's never willy nilly. It's, it's contained. It's never on everything in the world. That's just amateur hour. Anyway, I don't know if you gals can feel my pain on that, but I, I've bled on stuff. There's a lot of shame. <laughs> Yeah. I've never left enough notes to anyone about no. it. For the $20 bill. I've never had to do that. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there. I mean, recently I went <gasps> on a. Oh, no. Oh, you, you got, got one? one? Oh, no. Recently. Recent, recently. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I went on a run and I was like too far away to come back and do anything about it. So I just like kept on going with my run, but I knew like, wow, I'm having my period right now. Sweet. Oh, boy. That's not For like sweat. another. T- miles okay so this is the other thing that happened on the way we are going to go see where the northern exposure show was filmed to this little town so on the way there i was just like i don't have any tampons and i can't go like we weren't stopping it was just hey i think we're gonna have to stop now but i had like tons of toilet paper just (laughs) oh my god (laughs) like i guess i'm just gonna make do with some toilet paper and related Yep. We were talking about going to the restaurant later that's at the hotel. And he said, oh, why don't you look up the the menu and we'll talk, like, let's see what they have before we go to it. And one of the appetizers was Bloody Mary Clams. <laughs> and I started Was crying. what? Bloody Mary Clams. Oh, bad <laughs> And I just started laughing. He was like, what's so funny about that? And I realized, I'm like, he still doesn't know. He thinks I spilled wine. I didn't know that he didn't know. And I was trying to, like, just, hey, I guess we're going to have to make an extra stop. Wink, wink. You know, like, let's be cool. Uh, oh, my God. Britt, do you have a story or shall we move on to Monday's episode? Should we move off periods? Contemporary? No, I, I feel like we should move off of periods. No, 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 no. This is classic Alice and stuff. Go on. I don't have anything contemporary because I oh, think like I had such an experience. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Because bleed I remember. Let's do it. Sweet. Ooh. I'm going to just bleed everywhere. So <laughs> I think I was about 13. We went on a school field trip. Like oh. I hadn't even gotten used to having periods yet, really. Oh. And then um, I was wearing, I remember, this is like burned in my memory because I was wearing those like wide leg khakis that were super oh, cool. Oh, yeah. And some olive green bands and an olive green sweater. Wow. Because I was Earth Tones emo for days. And then, I don't even remember who told me, but one, like, a good friend was like, hey, there's blood, like, all over the back of of you. And I had to, like, and I couldn't do anything about it. We weren't even at the school. So I had to just sort of, like, wrap a sweater around me and make the best of it for the rest of the field trip. Oh, my God. Either you peed on yourself or you perioded on yourself. Everyone knows that's the sign. If that look was never, like, a thing, yeah. There's yeah, not no. a chance your entire didn't know. No, no, no. <laughs> there might have been like one kid that just didn't see me that day, and so they didn't know, but everybody else totally yeah. knew. You don't look in middle school. No, no. Yeah. So then they call you like period Brit or like any kind of like <laughs> any nicknames. I was afraid that the whole hotel was like, oh, there goes Bloody Mary or whatever. Like they're gonna like make some. Oh, there goes room. By the way, our room number was 420. I didn't get it the whole weekend. Shout out to the room. (laughs) Nobody's having fun in that room is what's happening. Actually, we actually did have a lot of fun. My husband was like, oh, I guess everything's off off the board. I'm like, not really. You can still do a lot of fun stuff. We had a lot of fun still. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) 
There nice. were no groceries, little hey. Rafi, but there was stuff. Shout out to Mike. <laughs> Shout out to Mike. Doesn't listen, but he had some fun that that night. Yeah, we're not get the band aids, bro. That was a loser move. It really was. Other than he's that, like, he's like, I just realized, I just only think of myself. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much you're right. <laughs> he's like, God, I'm horrible. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's how we ended it. So let's talk about Dustin Marshall, because I know this is uh, near and dear to both of your hearts, uh, Britt and Megan, because Britt, you work in the mental health industry. So we're going to have some insight there, which is awesome. He started Feral Audio, which I love the name and (laughs) so many great podcasts that he is a part of uh, bringing to all of us. My favorite murder, Doughboys. Uh, Lil Rafi, that's one of your favorites, isn't it? Uh, Doughboys, yes. And then Duncan Trussell, which when Allison was on his show, I started, I subscribed and started listening. I really loved his show, but I just don't have any time for any shows anymore. And I'm so depressed about it. So I'm hoping once the kids start school, I can listen to some older shows that I haven't listened to and start some new ones. But he's a part, a huge part of why they're all here, which is kind of amazing. So he came from your hometown in Wisconsin. Did he not, Megan? No, he didn't come from my hometown. Not hometown. He came from your home state. Home state. Right? Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. Yes. That is about 40% of why I loved him so much. He <laughs> dropped the W bomb like 10 times and it made me so happy. He dropped the W bomb, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. He did. He, so he was a factory yeah. worker and I was obsessed a, with podcasts, which yeah. I think there are so many people that are out there that are in the same boat, but none of them just decided to pull up stakes and like do what you guys have done, which is kind of amazing. Oh, shucks. I also <laughs> listened to podcasts when I worked in factories. So, and I related to his story too about how he came and for like the first month slept in his own dirty clothes. And as tale has been told, I lived in my car for a month. And then I lived in an apartment with no, with a blow up mattress that deflated, but I didn't have enough money to buy another mattress. So I slept on a deflated air mattress for like oh, another month. Why not just sad? On the floor? <laughs> That's more depressing <laughs> you know, than was, deflated. Just how about being on the floor? It was just like, I have a bed. <laughs> Granted, oh. not inflated, but I have a bed. So anyways, I admired him for coming from, as he mentioned, coming from nothing and doing something really awesome with himself. And in a way that's not like ego driven. I mean, right. maybe partially it was, but he sounds like he's just a nerd about podcasts, obsessed with it, just like we all were. He listened to Allison way back in the day. Um, I know, we should have him on here. I doubt he'll have yeah. time for that. but Sweet at him. Slip into his DMs. Oh, I will. Don't worry about it. Uh, so he talked <laughs> about the message board negativity that sort of led to the top podcast. And I never really thought about that all the top podcasts are, have the cranky hosts. I never really thought about that whole thing, but it's so true with Corolla and Mark Marin, and I'm sure a, a bunch of others. But I never really thought what led to the popularity of podcasts. And he kind of, and I hate saying pirate ship because I know Corolla was all about that, but it truly was. And the beginning of podcasting, it's just so different than it is now. And he talks about selling out and how everyone famous who has a podcast now, it's kind of, it's changing the landscape of things, but I still think that it can be cool. And if he still remains the, the way he is doing it, I mean, he has some of the top podcasts and he's still running it in a way that it's not commercial or not 
capitalistic, like he was talking about. Yeah. I mean, he has ads on all of his shows, but I like that. It sounds like the bottom line for Feral Audio is that the artists can thrive. So I like that he's not like, oh, I'm the founder of Feral Audio and I'm trying to like, because that's really common in Hollywood is that the artists get the short end of the stick a lot. Oh, yeah. And um, that's really different that he, that he is, like, devoted to making sure the hosts of the podcast get can, like, make a living and that they get most of the money. And that really isn't a big share, like he said. If he takes 40%, but in that 40% is also the cost of running the show, that's not a lot to actually, like, make for himself or make your profit for the company because there's a lot of um, costs that, are associated with running everything. So yeah, he's a noble fella. That's why I loved him. One of the reasons why I loved him so much. So he was talking about advertisers and how maybe it doesn't really work. People don't support it. What is your opinion about that? I mean, I have to say when I listen to podcasts, I don't, I don't think I always think, Oh, I need to go and see what, who their sponsors are and support them. Of course it's easy with Amazon and Allison and, you know, with Jenna, without, you know, almost with Amazon, everybody, it's easy. Cause I can just, all right, who do I want to pick this week to add to the list or whatever? But in general, I'm not really going to who their sponsors are. And I, maybe I'm a bad listener. I would, I'm a huge Patreon supporter. That makes it a lot easier. And he was talking about the donations thing. And I always thought, oh, that'll be great to do. But then I forget about it. So I, I see how that wouldn't work as well. How do you think advertising works on podcasts? Do you think it works well? Rafi hasn't piped in yet. Rafi. Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, interview. I mean, interview. Me like, do you, you go like to the podcast that you listen to? Do you support them in general through their sponsors? Only Alice. I mean, Allison for sure. And as Britt knows, because she met one of my coworkers that I talked into her getting her mom a story worth giving credit to Allison's show. Like, I'm super into giving Allison all the support she can get. But I've supported men illness happy hour sponsors before and it's usually if it is something i want anyways like i think i got a daily burn subscription like a free month with daily burn or something through them so i've helped paul out but other than that like i don't i don't go out of my way to support other podcasts i listen to you made it weird and he always recommends charlotte's web and this other shit it's like this herbal remedy that i was curious about and he's really into it and he's like a tastemaker that I'm open to like what he's into um but I'd say outside of Allison and the Mentalist Happy Hour if I'm not like super fan about the podcast I do not give a fuck about supporting their sponsors I'm not gonna buy a mattress for a person (laughs) uh little Rafi what about you I try to support the sponsors if it's something that I'm gonna get anyway like like I did nature box through Allison but Recently, I decided that I wanted to, like, support more of the podcasts that I listen to. And that kind of makes things harder because now, you know, you're, like, trying to figure out who's doing what and, like, trying to... And and I don't really do a lot of these subscription services. Like, I did NatureBox, like, maybe for two months and it just wasn't for me. And so, like, I want to support them, but a lot of the times, you know, I don't wear contacts. I don't buy a mattress every other month, you know? So like, what can I do really? So that's why Patreon is such a good option. And I support a couple of podcasts on there. And that really works for me. I I agree with you. I think Patreon has been 
of course, I supported Allison through, she at least had the PayPal thing where it was, you can do a certain amount every month and it was just automatic. So that was a lot easier. But but getting to that point, I mean, how many free podcasts do I listen to? And I don't support any of them monetarily. And that's kind of shitty, but like, I don't know. I think with Patreon, it just makes it more fun and it makes it, it it's a reminder to, hey, you're getting all this free entertainment, pay it back, you know, do something. But with the sponsors, a lot of times, I'm not buying a mattress for anybody either. It's just not happening. So it's rare that I would actually need that. So it's not, of course, at Christmas time, it was fun to say like, oh, what am I going to get Rafi? And what am I going to get Megan? I'm going to go look at her sponsors. And because it's, it's on brand <laughs> as a Christmas gift. But yeah. other, other than that, in general, I don't. Omaha Steaks is like a killer fucking sponsor, I think. <laughs> When it she really gets, is. gets it around Christmas, it's like 50 bucks for the most, for like half a cow. Yeah. So I we, think it's like, just like ran out of our Christmas meat recently. Yeah. Yeah. How many Omaha Steaks gifts did you get? Two. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. we still have a couple of the little apple tartlet things, but they, it was like one of those things where I thought, oh, you know, what are we going to cook tonight? Oh, we still have a couple of Omaha Steaks things in there. Let's go use that. And they're so delicious. So... Yeah, it's a good sponsor for her to have, I think. it's Especially at Christmas time. It's a perfect gift to yeah. get. And I'm not doing a live yeah. read, but I, hopefully she gets it again this year. So Dustin was talking about his childhood, which I wish he could be on again to just dive in deeper to that. Because in the beginning, I really didn't think that that's where he came from. And maybe it's like a judgment thing. But usually, you know, no, you can't tell. But I feel like there was so much that there was such a huge story there that he just kind of, you know, there wasn't a lot of time to go into it. I mean, having the abuse and the alcoholism and the dysfunction that he came from and the path that led him from that to a, a really bad path as far as, you know, not landing in jail, but just on the outskirts of, you know, always being in trouble and always to coming out of, of that and being a Buddhist and waking up every day saying, how can I serve you type of, personality is just like that whole path is it's interesting to me and i'd love to hear how he got from a to b it more thoroughly so one thing that you guys might not know is i met i met him at podfest and i i uh, was talking to him about a lot of the things he mentioned on this episode and he recorded an episode of the mental illness happy hour that he decided to ask paul to not release it because of some of the things he said might hurt some people but i feel like if we like peer pressured him, we could like get him to release it, but I don't think that's a cool thing to do. But I so want to hear it. Interesting. I didn't know that. How did you meet him there? Well, as you know, my favorite murder was there. Mm. Uh, Doughboys was there. They were the first uh, show of the night, of the first night. Uh, there was like two simultaneous shows, but they were one of them. And I went to the Doughboys recording and I saw him there. And because I know him from call Chelsea Peretti she would constantly berate him I was like oh my god that's Dustin from Farrell I was like I want to talk to him after the show but I was like he's like he like he's intimidating because I don't know partly because he's like really cool but also mm-hmm. because like he's the guy behind these podcasts that I listen to because at the time like call Chelsea Peretti was like probably my favorite show maybe more than Allison dare I say but um of course she hasn't released episodes in forever uh, Chelsea, that is. But um, so I, I knew who he was, and I wanted to talk to the Doughboys guys and to him. And so after the show, I you know finally saw him alone, and I talked to him, 
and I think, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but one of his business partners that he mentioned, and it was pretty funny because they're like, <laughs> I don't know if they thought like, this is like a, like a, it's a podcast festival, but it's not like a business thing. But they were like telling me like, oh, we've had this much growth in the past, whatever. And if we continue at this rate, we'll be like at this many things. And I was just like, my eyes are like glazing over. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care about numbers or anything, but I'm happy that they're doing well. But uh, yeah, that's where I met him. So maybe I wonder if he'll be at the, he must be at the next one. That would be awesome to meet him. You're right, though. He does seem very cool. I guess I, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't have thought he would come from this background, but that doesn't really make any sense it's weird that you have to go through that much shit to to have that that much perspective on life but also talking to him i think i would be scared and and i don't know what i would be scared of i know megan i shared with you and with paul that i wanted to go to group therapy and he talks about dustin talked about going and that i was thinking about wanting to do it and i want to do it so bad and then i was so scared of it and the fact that dustin's done so much work on himself i don't know why it scares me it's like he's gonna see right through me and be like you need help (laughs) like that's what i think is gonna happen (laughs) like he's gonna be like i see your reflection and it's scary you still need to go to your support group i do I do. I think, well, You yeah. told me I, that like two years ago. You gotta make it happen. I know. And I think, you know, I've shared with Brittany why I have not gone yet besides being fucking scared. And being at one with my emotions, I'm not good at that either. So like when salty discharge comes out of my eyes, I'm not going to be very good with that. But being 100% real scares me. Meeting him, I would be scared because I'm like, you've been to like hell and back and you've made it and you've figured it out even though he still feel you know he still has to deal with it every day every moment really just his is even way worse than anything i've been through i think he's i feel like his he's more damaged and he's done more work on himself which is kind of amazing people usually just kind of fail they don't want to see their reflection or i don't know i I know we were talking about a little bit before but so Britt, maybe you can shed some light on borderline personality disorders because even after listening to him i really thought that that was my sister and after listening to him i think nope i don't know anything about it that i thought i did so uh, what was your perspective on him I thought he summed it up perfectly when he just like summarized it as emotional dysregulation and that being the primary thing. But it's hard to kind of lock it down as any one thing because everybody is so individualized. But the thing you're going to hear most from people who have been diagnosed and identify as having borderline personality disorder is is that is that emotional dysregulation uh, feeling everything stronger than most people, no matter what that emotion is. Um, so what I thought was really interesting about this was I think maybe it's an oversimplicity of this, but I think that your question of how did he get from this background to where he is now is DBT, like is dialectical behavioral therapy. And I know he mentioned it a couple of times and it's not obviously like the only thing that he's done, but it is for everyone. And it is just like such a wonderful cognitive therapy, um, could I think you it explain it more? Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. I had never heard about this until today, and I'd, I'd love to hear some more about it. So it's a lot of it, like you said, is mindfulness. It's distress tolerance, and it's kind of like starts with distraction techniques and works its way into practical application um, through distraction and then self-soothing with the five senses and then improving the moment if you can and then ending with sort of like a general... Um, pros and cons and like whether or not a situation can be changed or whether it's something that you need to accept, but it doesn't throw you into that acceptance right away. 
Um, you start out with skills for how to distract from it while you're working on yourself to be able to handle and accept the moment, which is fascinating. Um, DBT, it's got more acronyms than, than uh, you Allison people do, actually. So like, <laughs> I wrote one down that I thought might come up here. Uh, it's just because it's a short one, so it's kind of easy to explain. There's a ton of them. But like one of the things that they'll do in DBT is based in interpersonal effectiveness and relationship effectiveness, which might explain his ability to communicate so eloquently um, and be so patient and so such a good listener as he self-proclaimed, despite all this shit that's like causing him to want to react in a different way. And that's the give skill. So that basically stands for gentle, interested, validate, easy manner. And for a lot of us, that just is something that kind of makes sense. It's like, of course, I'm going to relate to somebody else in that way and I'm not going to be abrasive and I'm not going to react or whatever, but it's just one of these things where you can, I'm, I'm not explaining this well, but it's a, uh, it's one of many skills used to take your brain. If your brain is not, has not been trained to do that because you had early childhood trauma or you had parents or family that didn't teach you these things and you can teach them to yourself now. Um, and I really love it. And I love it so much that I'm not finding myself capable of talking about it, but I, I do think, think that that are, explains it. I, I really do. And I, I think what blows my mind the most is someone who has these issues, having the self-awareness or the foresight to say, I need this help and to put the right, work into it. Tough. That's so much. That's a huge part of it. That, that is a big thing. Yeah. Is that's the first step that needs to be taken. So I wonder, it would be interesting to see what it was for him that kind of flipped that switch. Well, and he kind of mentioned just being put in more of a city environment probably gave him a wider perspective on humanity. That might've been it. That might've been his moment. But that is kind of amazing how that happened because I think you could just kind of be in a shell and not branch out or maybe not even have the ability to see any of those things. I know he talked about different medications and I know I'm excited that Allison's finally on something that's helping her. Not that it's like, Oh, everyone needs to be on medication, but if you, everyone shies away from it instead of embracing what might help them. And of course there's over medication too, where, or over prescribing, or I'm so happy that Allison's getting the help that she needs. And he was talking about some new drugs that sounded so interesting to me, not just because there's a skinny pill, but <laughs> in the nineties, it was all about lithium. I remember every, everyone being on lithium and I had a boyfriend that was uh 5150 and he had uh, bipolar and I'm sure he was sometimes taking lithium when he was supposed to or whatever, but I don't, you don't really, you know, when you're in high school, you just think like, ah, okay, that's great. I mean, my parents weren't involved enough in my life to realize how depressed I was. So with Dustin, they actually, tr I, I don't know if they tried to get him help or if he was trying to get help at the time. And he was talking about how it was kind of shoddy help, but at least there was something. And I feel like I was so alone in all of that. And to have someone realize that you need help or to try and help you is, is huge or to realize that you need help is also huge. But I don't I just the whole thing. I think that everything is becoming more like like therapy or with drugs. It's becoming so much more accepted and talked about and understood as a needed thing and not as, oh, you're a bad person or you're you're broken. You know, you're broken and can't be fixed. It's it's more of an accepted thing that, hey, I need help. And this this is going to help me. 
And I love that, especially, you know, with Paul Gilmartin and with you, Megan, with the, with the In This Together Festival and things like that, that's going to bring it to the point where everyone's talking about it and it's not abnormal anymore. It's not, you're not a freak. It's, we're all in this together, literally. And I think that's, that should be applauded. Me. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> all of us. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean that's, that's my dream. So Dustin's also his other view of the world as a mirror of your in- interpretation of it. I feel like that's so spot on. And I know some people were commenting on maybe on the Facebook page or maybe on Twitter about maybe not agreeing with him with everything, but that they liked him. And I don't know if I disagree with anything he said, but I just liked his point of view on even like in the world today where he was asking Allison, how is it raising a child in this climate? But then you think about the world history and people have been raising children in worse climates than we are in today. And I think we kind of get inside of our own bubbles of how horrible it is. And yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible, but you create the world around you that you want it to be. So, and he was kind of saying that all of that is kind of vapor. It's just kind of imaginary of course unless it's a nuclear bomb then then there's an issue but then you become vapor i guess but (laughs) but yeah you just kind of make it what you want it to be as long as you know it's not i don't know it's it's hard to say but like let's say like in the 40s where they're literally taking people from their homes and and gassing them out that's a little different than hey we have different opinions on twitter i I mean i i honestly think that that we keep having horrible president after horrible president because it's a smokescreen for what's really going on. But we're all talking about the smokescreen and we're like, this guy sucks, but he does. But I just think there's a lot more going on in general. But I think that we just all kind of create stuff that it's not that it's not there, but like what he was saying, like you look around your house and the, the home that you make, like your own little kingdom is right in front of you. And that's what you focus on basically, I guess. But I don't know. That could also be putting well, I, my head in the sand. So, malicious. <laughs> I think there's that's some white privilege stuff because we're in California, number one, and we have like the most liberal climate that there is, and we're not like Muslims or Mexicans getting deported and shit. So that was part of what he was saying. Where I was like, oh, that's because you're in LA and everything's actually mm. fine in LA, like. And he's a white dude, right? And so I was like, yeah, I, I think that things are fine for him and for us, like, politically and stuff. But I think what the heart of what he was saying was, like, don't let the social media noise get to you and don't Mm, let media noise get to you. Like, because it's true, I have woken up with Chloe and had a roof over my head and my life has been just fine. But what Allison piped in with was like, yeah, but like, that's not for like, that's not what everybody's situation. And there's a lot of illegal immigrants right now, like who are hardworking people who are in a lot of fear every single day. You know, there's a guy who, so our office is shared with my boss's husband. He owns a company and a guy that's works for him is getting deported. And so I think, I don't know. I, I get what Allison's rebuttal was, which is like, yeah, but that's because we're not the lesser fortunate people that, that things are okay for us. The world is horrible. We might all die tomorrow. Well, at least we'll be doing this, the thing that we love when we die. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I think you should also 
I think if you do have white privilege, like if you don't have to worry about those things, that you should wake up and do what he's doing and ask, how can I be of service today? Which is why he does, like, the integrity in what he's doing, I think, is admirable. Because if you do have it good, you should probably try to figure out every day how to do good for somebody else that's not doing as good. I think that's where we should end the whole show. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Thank you and good night. On a general note, I think that I think I would love if Allison had more guests that weren't people trying to make it in the entertainment industry on a performer level. Because I think part of the freshness of it was that he's like a behind-the-scenes guy that had a way different story to tell. And my personal request to Allison would be having more people who are non-comedians, non-television, other roles. Because I've liked, like she said, writers, like those just have been my favorites when she has writers on or producers. But Dustin was an ultra fascinating human being who also was a behind the scenes guy. But it was refreshing to hear someone like him is all I'm saying. I think sometimes when she has guests like him on that she just needs to not do JMOs and just go through more talking because he doesn't, he didn't seem interested in any way. (laughs) But I did like his perspective of not ever wanting to have a podcast, but he understood that it was the next big thing and he wanted to be behind that, which I don't think that's the selling out part. He just saw it as an artist expression, like the expression of an artist and that he wanted to be behind, like you said, behind the scenes of it. He didn't need to be in the front saying what's going on. Just, hey, I'm going to be a part of all of this happening. And I did like him being on. He was a really good guest. Yeah, he was. And I think the cherry on top was that he was a podcast geek. Like, that just had me rooting for him hardcore from the get-go. Totally. It was like, oh my god, you're totally one of us. Yeah. You guys should download his podcast, which I think only had three episodes, Pay for Art, on that third episode. Uh, He had a very impassioned rant uh, about the state of podcasting and why he's still broke. But you should listen to that. I know we've talked a lot about him already, but I loved the whole perspective of the disruptive innovation. Just the people that see one thing and they think, you know what, we're going around it and we're going to make it better. As far as Uber, as far as podcasting, as far as everything that has changed the landscape of the life and the world that we live in now, it's kind of amazing. So... You know, you think about the the Fords and the Tesla and like the people that that changed their worlds. I really didn't think that those people existed anymore, but they are still existing and, and everything is changing. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to conform to this one way and someone's going to go around it. And I think that's kind of amazing. And I love that he's trying to stick to his brand to not, you know, they said sell out, but like to not go the route of all of these other you know, of course, podcasts are going to get it's the new thing. Everyone's going to be like, oh, this is a where to make money and to fuck it into the ground. But it's still going to be there and it's still going to be good. We just have to people like him are going to keep it steady. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, I I love how people are embracing strangers more. Like I'm just jumping into people's motherfucking cars and they're giving me <laughs> rides these places. And we're, so taking, and we're taking back like it, it's like a like it was safe in the 70s. And then it so wasn't safe for like 30 years. And now it's like, what? We're all just people. and it's a heyday for that kind of stuff it is so weird how germophobic we are and how everybody's getting raped left and right and and then all of a sudden we're just like let's just go ahead and share everything it's peace man (laughs) someone's been staring into the void (laughs) 
I'm glad I could throw rape into it as a funny joke. The cherry on top of this episode is really this. Also, check out uh, this week's episode with Dustin Marshall of Feral Audio. Um, really interesting conversation about podcasting and art and mental illness. And superfan Megan tweeted that it might be her favorite Monday episode ever. And, oh, and that, wow. She's heard all of that. Wow. Whoa, all wow. Of that. <laughs> so shout out to you, Megan. <laughs> I felt so fucking cool. You have no idea. <laughs> I was listening. I'm like, holy shit. How is uh, Twitter not on fire right now? I'm like, I'm not hearing all about this this rad shout out. Yeah, I haven't got a rad shout out in a in a beat, so I was due. I'm kidding. Uh, that was. <laughs> You're due every episode. Come on. Yeah. You're super oh, fan. thanks for the shout out. Shout out to you guys for shouting me out. By the way, because I do listen every week, and I've heard the shout outs, but I'm not sure if I text or say hey or whatever every time. You know, a lot of times so I feel like your shout out goes without saying because I always feel like we should always shout you out. And when you tweet, you know, tweet about oh whatever we said or whatever, and I think oh yeah, like you're already, you're on the ground floor of Jamo Patrol and like this whole show starting. So in my mind, yeah. it's like you're already a part of it. I'm like, we need to start you know shouting you out more. <laughs> Nonsense. I know I'm shouted out in your hearts every morning when you wake. It's so true. It's so true. All right. Shall we talk about the Thursday, <laughs> the Thursday episode? <laughs> right. Jordan Morris and Renee Colbert were on the Thursday episode, and we were her little cough drops, which she didn't give any explanation, but I'm guessing that means somebody is sick, or it's because of her voiceover classes and she's using cough drops. I'm trying to do the deductive reasoning here. Observant. That's a good. I. That's probably, that's good. Yeah, sure. Can I say? <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> did anybody else when they heard the carb think is there really carbs in that yeah i had that too i was like well i guess it's not a sugar-free cough drop well check it i googled it uh. and a singular hall's cough drop has four grams of carbs which is Whoa. a lot of grams of carbs for a cough drop if you're really sick you're gonna get sick from now, the carb. are you looking at the sugar-free ones because i feel like she would have the sugar-free ones uh, I think, well, no, I'm not sure I deciphered between sugar-free and not. All right. We're going to have to get down to the, the brass tacks on these carbs. All right. Are they a carb or are they not? Because I was kind of like, that's medicine. I don't want that in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm Googling so, it. We'll, fi- we'll find it. Okay. Thing. Google it as we speak. I'll say happy 44th birthday to Daniel. I feel your pain. I'm being 44 even though I'm not <laughs> yet. Allison and I are the same age for... I think four months out of the year or something like that. So I should know. I think she's 41. Isn't she? She's 40. Whoa. What did you just say? 41. I think Brit, Brit just said she's 41. That's true. I don't know if that Because I was trying to pretend like I know more about this show than I actually do. Oh my God. Oh, closet fan. Okay. What was Super her original fan. name? Oh, yeah. No, it's going down. Oh. What was it? Differentiated fan? What was it? <laughs> what did I say? Uh, non, I wasn't going to quantify. Uh, unquantified. Oh, unquantified. Unquantified. unquantified fan. No. Yeah. Not yet quantifiable fan. Okay. Wow. Well, that I, think, is... I think we just figured out your uh, quantification. That's, that's also a word. So, 
I don't. I, so at midnight got canceled, which I'm kind of shocked. Cause I thought that was a really popular show. That was the first time I got to meet Allison. Thank you. Thanks to you, super fan Megan. That was such an amazing That's- night. I actually, I still have the tickets to, to the parking lot sitting right next to me. Yeah. That was I'm such sure an amazing I have some- night. That was, yeah. that's when, we, that's when you went to the bar afterwards, we went to a place to drink yeah. and I'm like, boobs, you should go to a support group. You have one of the most traumatic pasts I've ever heard in my life. And you're that like, was a hey, special- you should be on mental and a happy hour. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And then that's when I told you my story. Like, all right, I'll talk to, I'll talk to Paul. I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> that was one day before your birthday, by the way. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's so nice that you remember that. That was, was cool. We said in a green room and we saw we saw jordan we did we saw jordan and that was like a week before he first slipped into my dms <laughs> oh yeah that's a good story too i'll tell you that it afterwards was. Okay. that was pretty good so jordan's hand cramps from his video games is probably one of the most unsexy things i've ever heard and <laughs> <laughs> i think sometimes i think like i realize why somebody is single and then also i think singleness takes you takes you over Does that make sense? Like, you just get so used to doing certain things that you just, it becomes you instead of the other way around. Like, he's not choosing to be, like, the weird video game guy. Or is he? Well, Lisa, no offense. You're not of of the gaming generation. Okay. I guess I'm not preaching to any choirs here. Um, Not not to say that's a sexy (laughs) thing to be happening, but, you know. Okay. I I was thinking about, they were talking about the ergonomic hand whatever the things are that you use to play games with what are they called controllers there we go i'm sorry i I actually have some trauma from that from my high school days of just that was the number one thing i was just always the girlfriend either sitting around waiting for them to play their guitar or bass or they were playing street fighter 2 that was my whole existence of just like i'm a nobody that's more important how exciting (laughs) (laughs) take back (laughs) It's not sexy anymore. It's not sexy. But, you know, growing up, obviously, uh, video games weren't a thing until probably, you know, with Pong. And then when Pac-Man was out and when Nintendo came around, I think I was like in sixth grade. And that revolutionized my life. I remember it was all about Super Mario Brothers and everything else. But to me, it was such a kid thing because I, you know, it was when I was a kid that you don't think about the fact that all of these gamers are going to be coming older and they're going to need the arthritic handheld devices at some point and you're going to be getting cramps from your... He's not getting cramps from jerking off, which is also kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe he's getting some is is the point. Um, Rafi, save me something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, co-host. How's it going over there? Um, He's getting hand cramps himself. I'm... <laughs> I've been up since really, really early, so I'm sleepy. But, um, mm-hmm. no, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, that's how I used to get myself to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, on the subject you of video games. It, on the subject of. I almost said on the subject, uh, never mind. I don't want you to have that audio. It's funny that, you know. If you know about video games, you know Sonic the Hedgehog was on the Sega Genesis, and Allison did not know Sonic was a thing, but she knows Mario and Luigi. And I don't know about you guys, but the system we had was the Genesis, and I feel like that was the poor kid option, and I feel like the cooler kids had the Super Nintendos. Really? Well, let's hear from the gamers. Yeah. 
I had a Genesis and I definitely did not want a Nintendo. However, at that point in my life, I had not yet discovered The Legend of Zelda. And oh, that, okay, that changed my life. Yeah, see, that would have altered my the, like the course of my gaming timeline. But I did not feel like my Genesis was in any way lacking. No. In fact, it still works. I have it. And I tried to bring a video game back from England because I thought cartridge technology cannot be that different. Like, it couldn't have been that different, right? It's just, it's a cartridge. It is. They made them different shapes, so you couldn't do that shit. So now I just have this useless copy of Back to the Future 3 in my house. If anyone's got a Mega Drive, it's yours. Uh, eBay, for sure. Yeah. I'm so, talking to the right people here. So so you thought okay. you were poor I, and misshapen I with thought, your Genesis? Right. So I was thinking about that also. I was like, maybe the Genesis was actually cool. And just because of the way I am, whatever I had, I was going to feel inferior. But at, like to on the subject of that, like I brought my, I'm looking at them right now. I have my Genesis, my Super Nintendo, and my N64 here in my new apartment. So oh, nice. I'm very stuck in the past. Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have, I think we have the Xbox 360 or something. I don't know. I think that games, especially once, you know, all the the games on your phone became so popular that it became kind of an older person's thing to have gaming systems, it seems like. It seems like the younger generation, they just played all the little, like, whatever app you can play. So you don't have to turn on a machine and, like, have a TV and, like, that's, that's, like winding up a car to drive i don't know i don't know if things have changed because i'm not on the forefront of any of this stuff but no you have kids you know what the young people like yeah they like their ipads and they like playing games on there so maybe that is how old okay so your oldest kid is 10 right uh 12 and then ruby's gonna be 11 on (gasps) sunday i always fucking forget how old your kids are i'm so sorry no that's okay i think that like playing games on a system is an old is an older kid game like yeah let's let's hear what you gotta say when they're 14 or 15 because mm, interesting playstation and xbox are older people games yeah it's not like even my husband doesn't even them. play his video games on there anymore he's on his phone playing some other game your oh. husband plays games yeah he was a, like well he's big into video games but like he was an it guy he was a big nerd so he's all into video games that's so wait does he surprising. have games on his on the 360? Yeah, he's the only one that plays on it. Oh, but he text just, him and ask games. I will text him. I'll ask him. But he's been playing, he plays some games on his phone now. But it's like, you know, because it's interactive and whatever. I don't know. I'll ask him what his favorite games on there are. I think it was a lot of like the Call of Duty and like all those things. Okay. Typical man stuff. Yeah. Again, no offense to your husband. No. Can I plug some PS4 games to our, like I feel like Trice plays games, doesn't he? Why do I feel like Trice plays games? Just because he's our age, maybe? Anyways, I've played some really good games recently, and uh, I'll give them shout-outs. Until Dawn is really good. It's like this horror movie that has my least favorite actress of all time, Hayden Panettiere, but I don't hate her as much in this. It's like a horror movie-based thing, but you can like choose your own adventure kind of shit at the same time. You can influence who the character is going to be in the game based on what you decide they're going to do. That actually sounds uh, right, fun, but... It's really good. And especially if you like horror movies, it's really good. Be slamming, where you at? This game's for you. Shout for... out to Be Slammin'. What is the name of that motherfucking game? It's very violent. It's very violent. What's that game? 
Let's see. Is it Mahjong? <laughs> he texted back first person shooters and fairy tale dress em ups. <laughs> if you are into super graphic violence, mm. The Last of Us. The Last it's, of Us. There's a story to it, and there's a little bit of a lesbian payoff at the end if you play the extras. I also really enjoyed Inside. That's the sequel to Limbo. Ah, is Limbo any, is another uh, really any one. lesbian payoff on that one too, or nope, no, really oh, just dang it, no sexual payoff at all. And actually, Trice, if if you play games, which I've just decided you do, there you have it. All right, shout out to Trice. What games we we need to hear about? Because apparently Mike's not going to tell me except for his fairy tale dress em ups. Get back to us. We need a whatever the thing is. Update. First person shooter is so vague. Oh, and also the Far Cry games, Far Cry Four and Far Cry Three. There is violence in those as well. I, that stuff makes me nauseous to look at. Is it because I'm old? Like, I have motion yeah. sickness watching any video games that are modern. Yeah. Oh, you mean oh, motion sickness because of the first person? Yeah, of just it? Like, all of it. Like, I can't, it's too much, I can't get a good perspective. I don't know. I need some spectacle or something. I'm good at bingo. I did, I guys, did I tell you that yet? Yeah, Lisa goes to the Elk Lodge. That's her oh, jam. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. She's old school. Awesome. Wait, how can you be good at bingo? I'm Isn't not. Because I show up and I'm alive. <laughs> and I have good, good hearing call. and I have good sight. <laughs> so I'm good at it. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, I've been shot in the bingo hall. Don't worry about it. it that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm serious about this Mahjong thing during PodFest. It has to be. Jen, you're bringing your board. You dust it off. We're bringing it. Or playing. I've never what? played Mahjong in real life on a computer. Is there a, you actually just play out a bunch of random tiles? I have no fucking idea. Uh, yes. I've, as far as I've seen, yes. I've never actually played. I need to learn on, on an app cool. first, on the and com- then I'll do it in real life. So you haven't played on uh, a computer? No. But they said it's something like rummy, so I, I'm into that. It's runs and straights and stuff, probably. It's a fancier dominoes, is all I knew, but... Shall we talk about Allison and Daniel making a backup offer on a house? Which doesn't sound very good, but I have to say a couple of things. Everything is based on credit, and it's crazy that they're almost going to be denied because of some bullshit whatever. And I was thinking about... Raphael, you turned me on to Black Mirror, that episode that was all based on ratings, which... Eventually, I wonder if credit's going to turn into ratings and then it'll be like followers because I don't know if Allison realizes that she can use that. Like, hey, do you know who I am? Do you know how many followers that I have? I should get this house is what I'm trying to get at here. Isn't there like a social networky thing called clout that is kind of like that? I Um, wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but to quote uh, Jay-Z's newest album, he says, you know what's more important than throwing away money in a strip club? credit. Now, where was Jay-Z when I was 18 and I could have used this advice? I avoided credit for so long. And that's back when they were like handing it out. You know, you could just write Santos L. Helper and they'd give you a credit card. But now, you know, it's a little tougher and I'm oh, yeah. I'm screwed. But now fortunately, the world won't be around. Born and... Yeah, I mean, what? I mean, who cares now? It's... It's all over for me. It's over for everybody. But yeah, I, I think that Allison needs to use her clout to get this house. 
And if that doesn't work out, there's a house on my street and the house directly behind me that is for sale and maybe a little bit out of her range of where she wants to live. But I'm just saying, I can put it, you know, there's a built-in babysitter, housekeeper, slash whatever you want at your house right here. So I know she looks a Bob's big boy. This is the real question. <laughs> you know what? There was a Bob's big boy about two miles away. And it didn't do well around here. Apparently you need the old huh. one. So, yeah. The yeah. food was shitty. And that's unfortunate. And I know the exact Bob's Big Boy that they're talking about, too. Because that was the one we'd stop out on road trips when I was a kid. So, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and stock that one now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had, like, a vision in my head of um, Alice and people doing this montage, like, from the movie Lion. Where you've got your Google Maps satellite view open. And you're just, like, scrolling past looking for... Like a giant big boy statue to find this possible house. <laughs> I love that. It's it's gonna happen. I'm surprised Rafi's not on that right now. Actually, <laughs> you, know. you know, listening to this episode, I was like, man, we're gonna have a busy week next yes. time we're in LA because we got to go to Bob's Big Boy and we have to go to that uh, other outdoor mall that she went to. We have a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> Well, as long as you're writing it all down, because we're going to do all of it. And we're going to do Mahjong in between all of these things. I'm downloading a Mahjong app on my phone right now, and nah. it's fucking complicated. I don't want to play this. Oh, good. Maybe I'll be horrible at I'm it. I'm going to lose. <laughs> Have any of you heard of Vora Raphelia, as hey. Jordan brought to us? He called it Vor, and my cat keeps oh. coming in laying on my notes, so... I, that it's, was my first introduction yeah, to it. Yeah, it's uh, being excited about the thought of being eaten for sexual pleasure or being being cooked and eaten. I, just when I think I've heard of everything, I'm like, there's this out there now? Like, how long has this been going on? And thank God for the internet. It finally has meaning because it can connect all these fetishists together that have been so lonely all their lives. Here's the thing. It's one of those things that I want to know everything about and I want to know nothing about. So this has been uh, yes, your yes. first uh, introduction to it, Britt. Uh, mine as well. What about you, Rafi and Megan? Never heard of this. Not surprised. <laughs> I want to bring up before I forget, um, there is one, one carb in a sugar-free Luden's <laughs> cough drop. Okay, one so she's, just, she's just making the mark then. Yeah. And honestly, I think she must have Googled it because the way she... She is about carbs. Like, she takes her carbs seriously. And she probably wanted to make sure it was a carb before she spouted any lies. But it's called Vor. I don't, right. I don't know if you, like, said that or not. I did. It's um, short Vora Raphelia. Yeah, that fucked up. People are fucked up. Did you know that? Well, thanks to the... Yeah, they really are. And everyone could just be in their basement with these weird thoughts. And now everyone's connected and they're like, well... It's normal because there's other people like me. It's like, oh, no. Right. My note on that was Tumblr and Reddit are ruining the world. But oh, I feel no, like that's, that's so, so divisive. <laughs> that, that is that's very so divisive. divisive. I, I believe the opposite of Reddit. All right. Well, you can. I still, every time I get on Tumblr, I'm like, oh, community. And then I'm like, oh, community. Jesus. Mm. It's a lot. It's just a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Did you guys talk about Sonic and Shrek yet and how weird that is or no? Oh, well, we talked about Sonic, but only because it's the poor man's Nintendo, but not as far as being pregnant and sexualized. Yeah. So go ahead and talk about it, because that's a whole other thing. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Yeah, I don't... Let's hear what you got. <laughs> <laughs> 
looking at my notes here. <laughs> I don't understand about the porn aspect of Sonic is like, why not Sonic with a dick or a private part? And number one, are we sure? Your phone just agreed. Uh, not- your note actually says dick or vag. Um, so I'm not sure why. <laughs> but why pregnant? Why not? If you're going to be sexy about it, why not like, hey, Sonic with a dick, Sonic with a vag. <laughs> and are we positive Sonic is a guy or does he just wear oh, guy no, stuff? Guy. For sure. Yeah. And why pregnant? Why pregnant? Why guys? I don't get it. The whole thing. Yes, there are so many things about it. And I did meet some fellows that were very interested in me when I was pregnant. And that was very strange to me. But I am a woman and not a man and also not a cartoon character. So you add those things on top of <laughs> What do you mean? you? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but I'm not Shrek. <laughs> Can you say a little more in detail about that? About the guys that you met when you were pregnant that were really into it? I had friends that would... I thought it was a joke. They'd say, oh, we think that, you know, pregnant women are so hot or whatever. And I'm like, okay, maybe because they're a sure thing or you can't get, you can't get them more pregnant. I don't know what, what it is, but all I say is everything about being pregnant is not sexy. And then we had a friend that literally would like, he would just like flirt with me and then he'd be just chasing me around the room, like trying to get next to me. And my husband was like, he's apparently really into you right now. Like, this is really gross. Stay away from me. There was more than one time of that, but... uh, Oh, another guy, uh, a plumber, came to our house, and he was talking to one of my friends. He's like, yeah, she's really hot. And he's like, she's pregnant. He's like, yeah, yeah, but, you know. Like, what? I was like eight months pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If I'm around a pregnant person, I'm like, glad that's not me, and And I I would never date her. (laughs) I don't want to take on her children. I would never date you. Damn it. Uh, yeah, there's so much. You had to think like so much shit has happened to somebody in their childhood. And I feel like, God, with all the shit that I've been through, all the shit that you guys have been through, I feel like I skated. I'm not into my little pony being digested by Shrek's pregnant body. Like I am. <laughs> I, I mean, my... Google that. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> Has any have any of us Googled these things? No. No. I have I not. Only Rafi? Googled Vor because I wanted to know how to spell it and I didn't know if it was V O R or if it was something else. So I'm like, okay, it's V O R E and it comes from Vorophilia. And then after that I'm like, I'm out. I don't need to know any more mm-hmm. than somebody yeah. being excited about digesting me digesting their body and like how do you even get yeah. off if your dicks and well that didn't come out right. But I, I don't know. I don't understand any of it. I, but people are fucked up, and I don't. I think we are. If this has this always been a thing, obviously, people from the dark ages weren't thinking about Shrek being pregnant. But did they have these kind of like feelings of, oh, I hope you know, I'm getting off on the fact that you might be digesting me at this moment right now. <laughs> Rafi, don't yeah. take that for any kind of audio, <laughs> please. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't get it. I, I've never looked it up until literally just now because I was like, Vororophilia, that sounds like a big word I should know. I don't want to like kink shame, but it it's a little weird, not going to lie. I read a story today about uh, people who have those real dolls, which is like a sex oh, doll. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading that, I was just like, again, don't want to kink shame, but I was just like, this is disturbing and very sad. 
I think I, it's more acceptable in my mind as far as it's definitely sad and it's unfortunate, but at least it's human and it's because you can't get along with other humans. So that's a problem. That's a, that's sad. But now you're going to create something like, I don't even understand, hedgehog porn? I Yeah. I just don't. And he was talking about, you know, maybe your brain's, your sexual brain was forming at the time that you're only allowed to maybe play Sonic the Hedgehog. And that's, I guess that could be a thing. That just seems like a reach to me, but I guess that, I don't know. I fucked. And to be fair, (laughs) I was going to say something stupid. Um, If you want to have fantasies about someone, obviously Miles is a much sexier cartoon character. Who's Miles? (laughs) He's Sonic the Hedgehog's partner, and God damn it, Megan. Oh, he's his partner. I'm not a genesis. So you're saying there's a chance. She wasn't poor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what i feel about all this fetishness is like this for sure a thousand percent did not exist in people's heads 50 years ago because they would have had to like it's an internet thing it's like it's spreadable yes. versus spreadable. like in the 50s you have to like draw a picture of a <laughs> pony and a pony and like and like how would that come up in a conversation or how would you like the likelihood of like drawing yourself an erotic picture of a horse inside a horse and and like that getting around is impossible. You're right. I think it is the internet. It's like what else is out there? We've like burned all of our sensory. Like everything's gone. We need the next thing that's not even a thing to be a thing. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the future brings. Oh my god. I can't even You're, I couldn't even It's generate <laughs> yes. some great shit. I can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun. Like everything they talked about today is not anything I could have ever even imagined. So whatever's next, I'm very scared. So Renee got a dog, which is super cool. I'm surprised it has taken her this long with the podcast she has, that she hasn't had one yet, but she does have one now. And I think it's cute that she's letting her listeners name it. And I know that they were talking about, don't name it after someone that might have a scandal. But I think Colonel Jeff... His joke, and I don't know if anyone else heard it, but like his joke about Fatty Arbuckle, his cat named Fatty Arbuckle, I was like, this is why I love you, Colonel Jeff Fox. And what is a Fatty Arbuckle? Exactly. So, oh. <laughs> just he was accused of raping a girl with a champagne bottle in the 20s-ish. Whoa. When she died. We're going to circle, Lisa. Right back into it. <laughs> I know, right? I did finish my uh, champagne. I think even Dustin was talking about that. He was like having like normal sex and stuff like that. Just where there's no like, oh, you don't have to hit each other to get off. Like, it's kind of crazy to come back from that. Like, how do you come back from the My Little Pony Shrek debacle to a normal sex life? Oh, Brit and I will let you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. Okay. Uh, so we got a Jenna and Al update. And I like how they started off with that they're trying out their new headboard, and <laughs> that was hilarious. And I still don't know if they mean it what? like they're joking or if they're just being them and they're trying and they're saying buggery without knowing what it means. But they're trying out their new headboard, is what they said because they were laying on their bed as they sent in the update. Yeah, I think they're just not aware of what they're saying, and because we're you know Perverts. disgusting people, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were just like <laughs> trying out the headboard, but uh, for the people who haven't seen it on Instagram, it is padded. Oh. It's got like a nice quilted kind of pattern, I think, if I remember correctly. Padded is the word that you use. <laughs> 
you know, I shouldn't talk dirty about Jenna now. I can't. I, it's, it's, we're fine. They tried out their Thank headboard, you. and that's lovely for them. <laughs> <laughs> so the birthday song, I don't know if they've ever sang this on Sorry Not Sorry, but is that the saddest birthday song you've ever heard? It speaks I, to my soul. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. I was like, I actually really loved it. Like, yeah. not even as a joke. I thought it was a good song. I thought it was awesome. But we actually have a songwriter here, so let's ask Ooh, her what she yes. thought. Honestly, I, points for creativity. And I <laughs> uh, love because my soul is black at this point. And I, it, like, sent me down a wormhole, though, because I had, I don't know what happened. I haven't thought about this in years. But I was listening to this, like, ridiculous birthday song. And then I thought about when I was four, I have this really vivid memory of me also having, like, an actual birthday a song that I learned and I wanted to sing it to my friend at her birthday party but like Courtney? away from all the other guests no I didn't know Courtney when I was four and um uh so I was like super weird as a four year old and was like come here come in your room I'm singing this birthday song oh that is weird so sang this birthday song and then like she was like you're weird and I never got invited <gasps> over her house again can <laughs> <laughs> so we get to hear it tonight oh my god tell us should I sing the song yes yes please I was not like, it was the opposite of this birthday song. It goes, happy birthday, happy birthday, we love you. Aww. Happy birthday, and may all your dreams come true. What? When you, I was a really eloquent You're warrior. Four? I was four. When you blow out the candles, one light stays aglow. That's not true. Well, I might have been five. It's the love light in your eyes wherever you go. That's I spoke true. really early in my life, and it really was four or five because I had left in the love light yet. when you were four I or said five. love light when I was that four or five. That is the sweetest oh. thing I've oh. ever heard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you were crazy. four or five and they shunned you for that. Like, if I was the parent overhearing this, I'd be like, all you kids suck. And this is the person you guys should all be listening to. Parenting. <laughs> See, you're doing great. Awesome. That is beyond. I'm so glad you sang that for us. Thank you so much. That was amazing. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> okay, so I was asking Rachel about this, but as I was listening to it, I also pictured a hip thrust during the huh. Yes, but me too. The lyrics made me think that it was more like a chain gang sledgehammer, like breaking rocks kind of thing. So what what did each of you picture? I did picture the thrust. And that was about it. And that it was weird. I pictured the thrust as well. So I wrote down the lyrics to the song. Ooh. Because I loved it very, I very much. It memorized. Oh, nice. But maybe yeah. You, maybe you guys Gun- should sing it right now. Rocky, Ultra, and Super. Why don't you guys sing it right now? <laughs> I'm not uh, going yes. to you singing on here. Wait, I, I forget how it goes, though. Let me think. Well, one of my complaints about the actual Happy Birthday song is that you kind of have to have fucking chops to sing it. And I don't have chops, so I'm like, oh, I can get on board with the song that you, you don't need a good voice to sing. That's true. The actual birthday song, everyone sounds like they're drones and they're, like, really about to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the zombies just came to life and they're singing happy birthday to you. It's like, oh, it's creepy. Is there a birthday boy in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> birthday! Oh, my goodness! Now, it's going to be a couple days late, but... I have a special birthday song. This is a song that we grew up singing in my family. It's really fun. <laughs> and uh, let's let's do this, right? Oh, by the way, so fucking Janae. Totally. Right? 
Yes. I don't know very well. Happy birthday. Ooh. Happy. Nice. It cut out. <laughs> Skype. I was. Si- yeah, I'm good. I was singing along on mute, by the way. So. Dang it, Rafi! <laughs> you need to share. It was very short lived. I didn't. I got to the second huh, and then it was over because <laughs> like they're separate. Oh, I'm, I'm with yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's how it. That's how it goes. Pain and sorrow fill the air. Dying everywhere. That's some gen- serious Janae shit. Janae, I love you. Oh, and just like that, they're gone again. <laughs> <laughs> so pain and sorrow fill the air. What was it? People dying everywhere. <sighs> okay, so if Janae came up with this, that's some serious. It's it's weird because Mormons are all about love and positivity, as far as I know. And that seems like a weird song for you to teach your kids. You know, it is. But I was I was listening to another podcast that's about rap music, and they had this rapper Styles P on, and he said Wait, something you like that. Rap? Yeah, I don't know if I've mentioned <laughs> it. Uh, the podcast is called "It's the Real" or sorry, "A Waste of Time" with "It's the Real." It's the Real are these two brothers. Um, anyway, they are going to be on Allison's show. Mark my words. Anyway, he said something that I think about every now and then, and I will be thinking about it for the rest of my life because he said, you know, his raps are always different. And if he wants to rap like something super dark, he's going to because he says like sometimes his art is dark, but if he doesn't express it there, that could be a dark act. So I think even like super happy, positive people have to express their dark side in some way. So maybe this is just the way that Janae does it. <laughs> and we're assuming that in she's the one. one way, she's like, I have so many dark feelings and I can't express them anyway, except for on your fucking birthday, kids. Because there's too many of you and everybody's dying around you and be happy. <laughs> Schizophren- <laughs> Schizophrenic Skype there, Megan. Should have crashed again. But yeah, did you get the song in there? I think you did. Um, we got the first half of the line. People dying everywhere, I think, is where we ended it. That's a good place to end it. Yeah. It is. And we had a good little conversation about it afterwards. But, oh, Janae. Yeah. Janae is the coolest, weirdest person. <laughs> totally. I want to meet her. I want her to be on the show. She needs to be on there. Yeah, I want to meet her. All right. I know there's a few more things to talk about, and I know it's getting kind of late, but I'll ask you guys what you have that you want to talk about for Thursday before we talk about JMOs. Four grams of carbs in one hall's cough go. Why not dick or vag? Jenna, birthday song. That's all I got. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Brit? Oh, rowing a Viking ship is going to be now the only euphemism that I use for sex ever. <laughs> That's pretty much the only other thing I wanted to say. If you could roll that into the birthday song, I think we'd be golden. <laughs> uh, before we talk about JMOs, let's talk about supporting Allison on Patreon because it's we talked about it earlier. It's super fun. It's a great way to give back something to Allison, but it's also fun for us. Greg Heller is this month's bonus episode. So let's talk about JMOs. Lil Rafi, what JMO did you want to pick apart or love or relate to? So, someone who doesn't tweet all that often. Uh, Rachel Phillips at It's yes. Simply Rachel Woo-woo. tweeted, I enjoy flashing my brights to let semi-trucks in on the highway, especially if they thank me by tapping their brakes. 
Um, I don't think I've ever done that, but then they started talking about, you know, like moving over for motorcycles. And the thing Renee said that I have done is if there's like a cop trying to catch speeders, I will flash my high beams because fuck the police. As you guys know how I feel. Fuck 12. (laughs) Rules schmools. A shout out to Rachel. I'm glad she got a JMO in there. That was awesome. And I'd never heard of this. I've never heard of anything that any of you guys were talking about. You and Colonel Jeff and everybody. I don't know this whole language. I'm with Allison where I just wave like I'm sorry or I flip someone off. Or I do. I will flash my lights if somebody has their lights off and it's dark. But I didn't know there was this whole language that existed. I had no idea. So I'm going to have to learn it because I'll probably fuck it up, I'm sure. The brake tapping is so validating to see, just saying. And nice. if I didn't know it, I would be like, what the fuck's up with this guy? I just Why like you, <laughs> Yeah, he's checking me right now. Yeah. yeah. But now that it, I know... It's, it's, like, it's oh. a real language for sure. Because this tweet got me thinking about my Wisconsin days. Because that shit I did back when there was freeways and stuff. Well, there's freeways out here. But anyways, it's not really an LA thing. And by the way, Rachel... Rachel made exclusive eye contact with Brit at her concert, and it made it it made Brit feel good. Yeah, I need to address that. It was really awesome because I'm used to playing shows in bars where no one's paying attention, and it's fine because they clap at the end and they're listening, and it's background music or whatever. But Rachel was just like paying attention and looking at me, and I was like, "Oh, here's a person that I can play toward," and it was really, really nice. Thank you, Rachel. I really really appreciated and noticed that. And that was pre Brit knowing that Rachel was part of the crew. Yeah. Whoa. So thanks for repping, Rach. Boom. But Rafi, you're not going to get any confident eye contact out of Rafi. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I had, well, for, for one, that is true. But also, two, I had a little flight of beers that I was looking at. And also, I was texting constant updates to Megan. I was like, no. the song just ended. Okay. I was like, the, the place says that it has a capacity of 40. I count at least 40 people here. So I was just oh my like, God. texting her, like, constantly yeah. letting her know that I was there and, you know what was going on well and shout out to rachel for representing. yeah thanks rach thank you and thanks to little rafi for driving her there just kidding rafi <laughs> uh she actually she drove that day I think. oh so she's that's two for her okay uh maggie poo yeah girl um at rambling kite said getting two appetizers as my entree feels like a luxury but usually ends up costing about the same i feel like i get it as tapas are a thing that i start learning about and it's like when you just get a couple things that are like little bites of things and that's supposed to be a fancy thing and now that i know what tapas are sometimes i do this and i get appetizers and i'm like oh it's like tapas I get two of these things and that's my dinner and that like in action that's a real those are real tapas (laughs) oh yeah never mind that was a top tapas restaurant. No, that's yeah. actually topless, not tapas. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I meant. <laughs> I have been caught where I think, oh, I'll just get a couple appetizers and I'll save myself some money. But I also do feel like, oh, I get a little bit of everything. Tapas is amazing. Yeah. We just have a place. Tapas is amazing. Yes. It's going in close to my house. I'm like, we're getting a new tapas bar. I'm so excited. Tapas, not topless. But that would be cool to combine the two, really. Yes, tapas. Tapas We need business partner. <laughs> we'll start it. We'll do it. It'll, it'll like happen. Like ship and stuff. Um, Britt, did you pick a JMO? Kind of. I didn't. I don't have the Twitter handle in front of me because she I, has three written down at well, least. I have a ton, but this, this is the bitch one. fucking prepared. It's so sexy. I took like a ton of notes. Uh, the one I didn't really resonate with any of them. However, the fourth 
JMO on the Monday episode. I don't remember who said it, but the tweet was, I clear hotel sink encounter of my hair so no one collects it and plants it at a crime scene. I just want to hang out with that person because their brain, though, for real. Like, let's do this. And it made me think of this one time that I accidentally pulled a four-inch long hair out of my eyeball. No! Oh! No. So I guess I did kind of get out of my house. But I didn't like, yeah, no, I'm not spending the night. Oh, no. No. How did it get in there so big? I don't, I just woke up and you know, and you're clearing like the crusties and the corners and you're doing the whole thing. And I was like, this feels weird. And I just kept kind of like pulling and there it was. The strangest sensation I had. That is so weird. I've definitely had the stray hair in the butt crack, but that's my own because, you know, when you wash your hair. (laughs) But not in my eyeball. And I do want to hang out with someone that is overthinking crime scene. Uh, I, yes, I do do that. Like, just, <laughs> I, want to get, I want to pick their brain and see what's really going on. Yeah, half an hour. Like, just tell me everything that comes across your mind. Like, yes, so. every little thing. And Megan can run the cameras and we'll do a documentary because I want to know what's really <laughs> going on here. I love how Dustin was just like, you should be more worried about the skin flakes and everything else. Like, oh my God, yeah, like, remind me of all like, the gross, <laughs> gross stuff that's flying around. I actually, that's one thing I always think about whenever I'm in a really this is actually a JMO I was going to send in but I feel like JMOs have been so lackluster that I'm like I don't want to send in my nonsense but when I'm in a really crowded restaurant the only thing I can think about is all the hairs that are floating around and like how we don't oh, have more don't. hair in our food all the time but now don't it's just do. skin flakes apparently you have to just like put away any thought yeah. that you have of anything when you're eating at a restaurant anyway because you it's totally like these are other people preparing your food they're handling your food they might have had a bad day like yep. none of it is good all totally. of it is bad they could have a bad day they could have a whatever it's like how many people are handling each ingredient in your food there's so many things and you do yep. have to put it out of your mind yep. and i sent this jmo in where when i'm served food i don't think about like anything that's happened to it beforehand but if they take it away to wrap yeah. it up oh, that's in the back I'm like, they're fucking with it. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm freaked out by it. The only JMO I was going to bring up was, it was just a shout out to Lee Bruns. He sent in the, the super salad one. And the only reason why I say this is because it wasn't an old man thing for my husband. But when he was a kid, he really thought it was the super salad. And so he was all excited to order that. And the lady was kind of like, that's soup or salad. So to this day, every time we're somewhere and it says super salad, it's like still a running joke, even though it was something that happened to him when he was a kid. So it's not just an old man joke it's also you know the things that happen to you when you're a kid where you're like i'm gonna be an adult and order the super salad and they're like mm, that's actually wrong kid it's one or the other so shout out to you lee bruns i feel like the super salad is the is a good place to end it thank you guys for being on here it was super great to meet you brit yeah it was great to meet you i'm just glad that like this all worked out because i love talking to super and ultra and i didn't realize that we were going to get a bonus brit in the mix so i'm super glad that you were able to join us <laughs> Anytime, by the way. Join so us. Uh, anyone out there that wants to be on, email bffancast at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter at bffancast. Follow me at jmos and bffs. Lil Rafi Costanza, where can we find you? You can find me at Armsy Guitars on Twitter. That's really it. <laughs> well, don't oversell it. Uh, Ultra Fan, where can we find you? I mean, Ultra Fan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoops. Super oh, now that's fired. Now. <laughs> Now the downgrade is I like super off. <laughs> All good, super. Lisa.
Super fan, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me at the end of Thursday Gang episode, motherfuckers! Because I'm super fan, Megan. But also, you can find me on Twitter at Sonera Park. So I like to consider this this episode to be Brit's, because she just got off the second leg of her tour. So this is her media junket, <laughs> the <laughs> first of the first of the media no. junket, and she wants to be and deserves to be on Query, Cameron Esposito's oh, I new do podcast. Do want to be on that so bad, and Allison fan. Leanne, I'm looking particularly at you. And Scott Marquez, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, supports our love so far on Twitter. Tweet at Cameron Esposito to have at Brit Cussero, K-U-S-S-E-R-O-W. Uh, to have her on her show. She's really talented. And and uh, Cameron used to be a social worker, and Britt is a social worker. Cameron majored in religious studies in and college. And they both majored in religious studies in college. There's a lot going on there. That's a ton. So All if you're right, in the mood to make support, it happen. then you should uh, do that. And unquantifiable fan, where can we find you? At Britt Cussero on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Britt K Music. Last name is a bit of a doozy, but if you just Google Britt Cussero a ton of stuff will come up. Some of it is embarrassing, some of it is not. Um, Ooh, my latest good. two albums are also available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and Paper Art. You buy music. Paper Art. <laughs> it's just a passing the the Dustin <laughs> philosophy along yeah well hopefully we won't see no, any vora rafilia in in that embarrassing mix but i'm definitely going to google you after that's, this yeah, please do let me know if anything <laughs> like that crops up okay. can i recommend some songs yes <laughs> i want to recommend so my favorite songs lost pauses <laughs> i like it a lot but also i end my runs with try to be brave we're being really lesbiany right now and i understand that and i can't apologize so for gay. it don't apologize for the gay yeah. both of those don't. songs are on the King's album um the one that is most popular from a general perspective of people that i've pulled is jericho and that one's on absolutions yeah. which jericho. is a little bit happier and never apologize for your being really lesbian right now i remember the early days of jamo patrol when you were looking and you weren't getting practically the- super happy for you. You know what? Brittany, I get to see you in two days. I'm super excited. I'm bummed you're not going to be recording with me, but I'm going to get to tell everyone how drunk we got next week. So, uh, Brittany, Mm -hmm. I love you. Thank you, and good night.